Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Pace. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's an Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law, and with me as always, DJ Mark. Sup? Just the two of us this week. Uh, no Lavender Gooms, um, but should be back next week. I believe he is... Where was he? Some wedding he was at. Not no. not where he lives. He was not he didn't where tell he lives. me. Yeah. He just said he wasn't going to be on, so... Yeah. Wedding? That's a good excuse. Yeah, that's a proper excuse right there. So yeah, just the two of us here. Uh, coming off, Marcus, of one of the, I'd say, least consequential UFC events in history last weekend. Um, sure. I, I, Mark, I think is one of those ones where I don't think more than like 50 people were watching. There was a lot of playoff <laughs> basketball happening. Okay. I don't know. Fair like, enough. I mean, look, I, I made sure I was watching when the main event happened. Um, Song Yadong, um, Ricky Simone. Five round main event uh, got and now it got, it got changed to a five round main event. I think it was week and a half before the fight, right? It was mm-hmm. we, yeah, we were recording the podcast, and all of a sudden a three round fight became a five round fight. And they had an extra week. Um, you and I both picked Mister uh, Simone. Mm-hmm. Did not go well. Um, what did you think of uh, Song's performance? I was I came out pretty impressed. Yeah, he looked even more seasoned. Um, You know, I think his last fight against Corey, we talked about it the weeks prior that that was kind of even in a losing effort kind of showed that he was kind of ready for that level of competition. You know what I would consider to be like title contention level. Um, And I think Ricky has also been proving himself to be of that caliber. So that's why the fight on paper was very exciting. What we saw in the fight itself was song was very composed, very relaxed. He really didn't rush to be the first one to throw offense. He kind of let, especially in that first round, he let Ricky kind of lead the dance so he could find his counters, probably more so so he didn't overexpose or overcommit to strikes so Ricky would take him down early on, which in the later rounds he was able to do a little bit more. Um, but yeah, Song was really just very patient, and when he started to feel the tempo and momentum, he did pick up the pace a bit more started landing cleaner shots. Um, you know, to Ricky's credit, he had some decent attempts at shots. He did get song down a few times throughout, you know, the course of the five rounds they fought, even though it didn't go to a decision. Um, he couldn't keep Song Dong down at all. Every time he took him down, um, Song got right back up. And Ricky's striking, which we've seen improved, the only thing he really had going for him for the whole fight was his jab was really on point. He was landing it throughout the fight. He was doubling up on it. There was nothing coming up after it. It wasn't setting up a nice right straight. It wasn't even necessarily setting up his shots. Um, so he really, Ricky just had a hard time in the wrestling department, either scoring the takedowns and when he would score the takedowns, he couldn't keep Song down. So it came, it became a striking match, and Song was very well-versed. His left hook was landing at will and doing a lot of damage. At the end of the fourth, he landed a solid left hook that dropped Ricky. Um, and then in the fifth round, you know, I think Ricky knew and the corner knew that he needed to 
do something drastic. Do you, do you think he? Do you think he was recovered? Because I didn't. I thought. I thought he didn't like because he got pretty well smoked there at the end of the fourth round, and it wasn't that far. What a minute into the fifth, he was done again. I don't think he was. I think that he was still feeling the effects um, going in, going into the fifth from that one at the end of the fourth. What'd you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't think. I mean, I. At that point in the fight, it was difficult to see how he was going to pull off a victory. Something miraculous would have to happen. Well, he, he had, had maybe one round, right? I think maybe one. I think it was like a close of, round. I think the first round people thought was kind of close, and I think that was kind of it. Yeah. I, mean, I don't remember the third. I think the third, maybe he started picking it up a little bit more too. But I think in the strike counting, I think Song was beating him every round. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that was the the majority of the opinion was maybe Ricky got an early first round. Maybe he even squeaked the third round, maybe. Um, but going into the fifth, the corner knew that he needed to do something pretty drastic. He needed to kind of sell out. Um, and whether he was compromised because of the damage he took in the fourth round could very well be the case. Um, you know, he went after it. He tried to get it. But Song was also ready to close the show. I um, mean, he did. He finished the fight. You know, he finished the fight in the fifth. He easily could have, you know, not pushed the pace. And just try to get a decision there. But, you know, he did push it on Ricky. And then once he had him hurt again, he landed another left hook. And those left hooks were landing off of lefts that Ricky was throwing. I think the first and the fourth he was in, Ricky found himself in southpaw. And it was a left straight he threw. That song slipped and countered with his left hook. And then I think in the... um Yeah, in the fifth round, I think it was a jab that he slipped and countered with, with Man, his left hook. I was really impressed... With song striking, um, and part of me is just wondering, like, who's who's the guy? I, like, you see his team, you know. We see Danny Castillo, we see Uriah. Who's teaching striking at Alpha Male these days? Because yeah, I don't he know. Look, I, I don't mean, know it looks what the good. Structure is yeah, there. I don't know Uriah. I know it's like he's head coach. It's Uriah's you know team, but I don't know. I, I didn't like. I mean, I mean it's not like it's not unheard 20- of that they have. I mean, because they've also had. I mean. Obviously, the shines worn off a little bit on um, Cody, mm. but Cody was also another person that had you know pretty heavy hands. And I mean, I guess you can say generally a lot of their wrestler boxer types had decent hands. Yeah. But yeah, Song definitely seems a little bit more polished than the product that were used from Alpha Male. And it's I don't know if I can necessarily attest to the coaching there or if this is something that I think I think we've always known Song to be a very dangerous striker. I think what Alpha Male is really tuning up with him is his, his wrestling and his, his grappling. Because um, I think what, what's not being talked about is just how easy he was to get back up. You know, Ricky, on multiple occasions, was able to find those takedowns in open space, and Song bounced right back up immediately and kind of null and void them altogether. He, uh, he's only 25. He's got 29 pro fights. He's 25 years old. He's been at Alpha Male since he was 20. I don't think they got something here. And I did like his call out of Cheeto Vera. Because why the oh, fuck that's not? Because yeah. they, I yeah. mean, that was also not Cheeto Vera's best moment. Had they, they, they had fought in before. They I fought. Think... It was kind of an iffy decision. And uh, Cheeto said some mm. kind of racist stuff. They had to like walk yeah, that, back the, from The racist him. stuff kind of rings up. Well, he called them like, I think, yeah. I mean, he didn't go, I don't know. I got just described levels of racism, but it wasn't a good moment. And he, you know, has since. Apologizing, blah blah blah, but I mean, yeah, that was a. I think I I don't know if I'm Cheeto. That seems like a. I mean, how appealing do you think that is? Cheeto needs a W, and he couldn't beat this guy the first time. 
I don't know. I mean, I think it'd be a great fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they're 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 in that realm, right? I, I don't. I think Song was was eight. he ranked fifth, eighth? It might have been eighth. It might have been eight well, and ten. Eight and ten, yeah. So yeah, and I think Cheeto is like what he's in top five. Let me take I a look. Think Cheeto? Um, Cheeto? Who did Cheeto just went down to? Um... Yeah, he had a really was it was it Peter? No, Peter. Peter lost to uh, Marab. Cheeto lost okay. to Sandhagen. Someone in, Sandhagen. Was it, uh, was it Sandhagen? Okay. Yeah, I'm Sandhagen. I remember it was lackluster. Yeah, San, yeah. Was, it was. It was. Good. He didn't uh, get off there. Okay, so this is mm-hmm. uh, 135. Cheeto Vera is five. Okay, exactly five. And between Song and him are Rob Font and Dominic Cruz. Either one of those will do too, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I think Font would be interesting. I don't. Cruz is. I th- did that fight interesting I, I just don't know how active okay. Cruz is still going to be in that weight division or not. If he still wants to fight, I mean, that potentially maybe Cruz would think that fight was appealing because he's got striker. every member of Alpha Male has to go through Dominic <laughs> yeah, Cruz. Every single he has a good track them. record. So, um, yeah, well, I mean, I think this definitely, I think the Corey fight didn't really drag Song down too much. I think, if anything, it kind of let everyone know like he's of this caliber. Corey's of the caliber to be a title contender. Um, so we kind of got a good measuring stick there. This was kind of a good statement to kind of see how he's matured after that high profile fight. You know, this is another main event for him and he performed extremely well. Um, so I, I think for, I think this hurts Ricky a little bit. Um, you know, he'll probably drop down into the lower 15s and have to work his way back up. Um, but songs, this is a good solid victory for him, a main event. Uh, and, and I think we'll see whatever they do with him next, you know, is going to be a more high caliber, well-known fighter. So, you know, the skies are blue for that guy. Yeah. Um, Ricky going back to being just another guy in the weight class, probably for a little bit. Um, cause it took him a bit to get out well, of that. He'll have a number though. I mean, that's important. He'll have a number next to, I don't think this drops. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to see what, what's, who's, who was behind him. I mean, this, who are, who are the people making these rankings, man? Like, it's just a thing too. Like, who are these? I think you and yeah. me could get added to this list real easy. Uh, Yanez. Uh, oh, I'm looking at the wrong fucking weight class. Um, he was 10. So, yeah. Umar Nurmagomedov, Yanez, Jonathan Martinez, Chris Gutierrez. Some good, this is a this weight class. Fucking mm-hmm. deep, man. Fucking deep. Um, yeah, back-to-back main events for him also. That's big. Um, he was not supposed to be in the main event at first, obviously. And then... No, we la- it was the um, Sarukian Moicano fight, right? That was it. That was yeah. what we lost. That yeah. was gonna be a good one too. Um, yeah. Hopefully, they can book that one again, maybe in front of human beings. They, they got to stop with this thing, man. It's it. I don't know. I'm not. Enjo- I don't enjoy. The money machine keeps printing money. I don't. I, I don't imagine that they think it would be much more lucrative or even easier for the company to have these. I, I have to. Okay, do you do you remember before COVID, how often were they having fight cards? I don't think they were this frequently. I think they were pretty. They were at like. You I think they're they, close to it because they're doing about a week. I think they're at like forty four a year. I think that what they're saying the number is. And that's what them going on there. Because I, I mean, I think for me, I was feeling like if they weren't at that close before the pandemic, doing weekly shows, there could be a lot of convenience being like, okay. We're having, you know, this month we're having four shows. Well, they owe X number of shows. Of they owe these number of shows, right? For right. they plus ESPN. No, no, plus. I'm, just, I'm just talking about production wise. Ah, okay. I'm sure it's easier being like, okay, we're going to go on the road for the pay per view, and then we're going to have three at the Apex, or we're going to be home for two, 
and then have a week off and then go for the next, you know, I, I think traveling for a pay-per-view, I mean, I don't know how much that really costs the, the company as a whole, but I imagine that it's like, yeah, like you said, it's a contract. They need to have so many events. If we can do it in our little home facility where we don't have to worry about marketing as much, you know, we're just putting on an event. It's going to go on ESPN. We don't have to worry about selling tickets. It's and literally, doing media and it doing just feels like stuff. we're just like, we, just, we need content. We need to create content. The mm-hmm. quality is yeah. not necessarily a big thing. And I know like when pandemic was going on, I mean, it ended. So we can say past tense right. was going on. Um, I was like, would watch sports and I'm like, I'm not really missing a lot, like missing the lack of fans and a lot of these. Um, it's just weird though to watch it now, I guess, just especially like it's just an indicator. Like it's almost telling me I don't, I do not need to be watching this. That's generally mm-hmm. like how it feels like I'm like, you did not think you could sell tickets with this card. That's what it feels yeah. like, you know, at that mm-hmm. point. Um, the Kyle Borallo fight, I caught that. Uh, did you catch any of that one? No. I just watched them. That was interesting because um, he was a big favorite. And uh, McCall Olia, I can't say his name. It's not possible. He was on him, just on him the whole time. Uh, Baralo's all were all world on the ground. And unfortunate, I mean, unfortunate for McHale, he ended up on the ground with him in the second round. But he like, he had him, man. It was, we were about to see a big upset. Um, a little bit unfortunate that didn't get done. Um, I watched a fight before that, too. I don't remember how he got to the arm triangle. Just some fights, man. Just some fights. Uh, next week, they have a pay-per-view in front of people at the Prudential Center. I think I've been there. Yeah, I went to a UFC card in New Jersey. I th- Yeah, I did. I've been to that building. Nice. Not really. Um, and then, uh, yeah, pay-per-view this week. And then they're going to be on ABC with the Biggie Boy. On Jolta and Jolta and Almeida. That's a good fight. But I don't know what... I mean, that's weird for main event on ABC. Okay. Um, before we talk about the pay-per-view uh, and before we talk about one, um, I want to see... The Francis Ngannou thing is weird. Have you seen this story? No, but I think there's a bigger thing we could talk about than whatever the hell Francis did. <laughs> What? Okay, go ahead. Is there knuckle baby? Connor was there. Oh, I'm sorry. Everyone's okay. excited about it. How let's do we, go to, we can't let's just go to, blow that I apologize. Over. The biggest, honestly, it was the biggest combat sports thing of the weekend. I'm surprised right. I messed that up. Um, Bare knuckle had it's fucking WrestleMania, basically, man. It felt like like this was the big one for bare knuckle. Yeah, we sent like we it. sent out main event platinum Mike Perry, handsome Luke Rockhold. Co-main event, Eddie Alvarez, Chad Mendez, with some yes, unexpected corner work from Conor McGregor, who was there for reasons. Probably excited to see a sport where USADA isn't involved. Um, Maybe. Was already beca- he already is a champion. I mean, let's just get to that. Okay, let's get to it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about first Eddie and Chad. Um, Chad was the betting favorite, which... Sounds kind yeah, of I don't weird. Know. I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really know what the line. Yeah, was I guess before. he was like a slight favorite. Um, I guess presumably because he had the bare knuckle experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of weird to say. But like, if you just think about their MMA careers, they're like, well, one of these guys is a better stand-up fighter than the other guy, pretty clearly, right. and that's Eddie Alvarez. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't watch the whole. Th- I didn't watch anything besides Conor McGregor yelling uppercut and then Eddie Alvarez throwing uppercut. But uh, what did you think of this one? Yeah, no, it was great. Um, I, I only caught 
this co-main and the main event. Um, and this ben Roswell really... also on the undercard too. When yeah, the... Ben was on the yeah. uh, undercard. I think um, I'm forgetting her name. Uh, Beck Rowling, I think, was yeah, fighting for Beck a belt. Um, and there might have been another one or two notable people that we knew that was on the card. I, I'm kind of blanking. Um, but yeah, I, I really want to see how Eddie was going to perform, right? It did seem on paper he should be a favorite against Chad. You know, um, Eddie was a more polished striker throughout his. He was more known for his striking and particularly his boxing. You know, I mean, the guy would throw leg kicks every now and then, but his main offense was, you know, a varied boxing offense he went you know he would go to the body he would throw a lot of hooks uppercuts um so it was going to be interesting to see how these two clash and chad had you know had a bare knuckle boxing fight already and asserted himself very well he looked very polished he looked very seasoned in there um and he looked really powerful and i thought it was interesting going into this fight i was i didn't know what the weight class was um you know chad fought at 145 eddie was a 155er um and this was at i think it was at like 160 so they both went up a little bit. I have to imagine that was bigger stretch for Chad. Um, but also could be why Connor's like, oh, that makes sense. You know, these guys that were fighting at 55 are fighting at 60. Um, I think the main event was at 85. Um, but going back to the, the Chad and uh, Eddie fight, great fight. Back and forth, I think Chad got a knockdown in the second, uh, which was... a. Uh, uh, I think it was clean. I think that I think in the moment it seemed like it could potentially have been a slip. Um, I think it was when you saw it in replay, it was legitimate. I think Eddie knocked him down in the fourth. And then I think in the fifth, I don't think anyone went down in the fifth that I remember, but there were some good shots. Um, Chad's eyes started getting really swollen at the end of the fight. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was everything that you expected it to be and more. It was a really grueling fight both of them landing good clean shots a very action-packed fight and also if you've never seen the bare knuckle you know um event before seen their fights uh i think most of them are five five round fights but they're two minute rounds um so the fights do go by very quickly uh yeah the cards are like the cards have like 20 fights on them they're just like they're just move they're moving on these cards and i hadn't really seen like a full event so i don't know how quickly in between fights they they're able to get to the next but um but yeah the fight itself was very action-packed i mean it was really this is what you'd expect from these caliber fighters so it was a great fight eddie got a split decision i i thought it was very close and really hard to judge, you know. I I did find just watching it kind of hard to judge because like they're both landing. Do you, do you good like punches. this? Like do you over? I mean, like let me go this. Yeah, I was gonna start with that. Do you like this? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's some appeal to it. I mean, I think the thing I like about it the most is that it seems to be very financially beneficial for these fighters. It seems to be a good different avenue for them to garner. Um, a good paycheck, if not also a lot of freedom. That's what everyone kind of talks about that goes to the organization. It seems like the organization really values um, their combatants. And at least, you know, from everyone that's talked to media after says like, you know, it's very open. I can do a lot of different things. I'm not kind of just signed into this organization and I can't do anything else. I haven't seen a lot of those fighters do a lot of different things in particular. Um, The sport itself I don't know if I'm like a huge fan because I feel like it limits 
I feel like we're not seeing the full extent of people's skills. I mean, because like in this fight with Eddie, I think because it was bare knuckle, he wasn't utilizing a lot of the skills. Because I think one thing that Eddie does very well and makes his offense very, you know, effective is that he goes to the body a lot. He didn't go to the body at all in this fight. Um, Chad did a little bit, and I think it's just like you want to put knuckles on face. The damage is a lot easier to sustain. Um, and then that gets a little overhyped beside using the whole arsenal that you have. And we've, we've seen other guys. I think Eddie just got a little, um, you know, trigger happy and just a little head hunty. Um, but yeah, it's just like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't I'd like some them. gloves, man. I, yeah, I, just, yeah, just give me, give me a, give me what they're doing and just put MMA gloves on them. That's fine. Just call it that. Yeah, Let's I, think, just do I that. think that 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 would be because I do feel like. I mean, it's a gimmick. Um, we get it. We're not idiots. By it the way. it like, is like yeah. we get and this. Is, this is like, an advert. This is a selling point for them. But it ultimately, it's just like I mean, yeah, it kind of seems more. There's more bravado into it. You know, you know, it does seem like more old school, if you will. Um, but I mean, MMA used to do that too, and it's just really what you end up doing is these guys are just hurting themselves more in the fight in different avenues. They're facially getting cut and bruised and beat up quicker and their knuckles and hands are taking a beating more too so it's just kind of like yeah i think with if you want to just put ma gloves on it i think that would be more appealing i think we'd get maybe a little bit more nuanced in the fight um or so like yeah, i don't what know those gloves that are like look like mma gloves but you're like your hands are covered kind of i don't know i think you, i mean we wouldn't want to let's not add eye pokes to the equation you know but sure yeah i mean i wouldn't mind having some protection and then ultimately if we want to talk about the main event right um it ended in the second round oh yeah mike perry landed some good shots on luke um and luke i mean kind of surprisingly at least to me um at, at one point kind of talked to the ref spit out his mouth guard and basically said like he didn't want to fight anymore he sustained an injury to one of his teeth his teeth got chipped uh-huh. um he had a really nasty cut on his lip um and he kind of didn't want anymore and you know if they had gloves on i mean maybe we would have seen more of that fight uh, and i i, I think luke, that i mean luke wasn't alone. luke wasn't just done fighting i mean that was the impression i got luke was well, done what's fighting. so weird is that you you look at his last fight with paula costa and the dude's fucking exhausted and beat and like in that fight he doesn't give he doesn't give up at all and this one you know he sustains you know uh you know, an injury, kind of like a, a cosmetic injury. I mean, and it's easy for us, you know, on the sidelines to say, like, you know, he should push through. Um, but it didn't seem as drastic. He didn't seem as weathered and beaten as he did in the Paula Costa fight. And he kept pushing through in that one. And this one, it just seemed like, yeah, he chipped a tooth and he was like, ah, I'm done. I can't, you know. Yeah, man. Um, so that, that was surprising. You can't damage the moneymaker too much. Like, yeah, my man I mean, literally makes know. he makes more money doing, like, a model, but modeling than sure. this for the love of God. Yeah. Um, but you know, he, he, put his best foot forward. Um, it was a good, I mean, this has been a good transition for Mike. Uh, Mike Perry has done fairly well there. Um, and then, like you said, there was, there was a lot of MMA fighters in attendance, Cowboy, Justin Gaethje, but most notable, noticeably Connor. And yeah, when this Mike was in did fucking win, Denver, why is he yeah. in Denver? What, what, what is this? I thought he used to go to Colorado and stuff. Cowboy and stuff, or you cowboy no, or uh, fucking? Connor. I mean, co- co- cowboy, I get, but Conor McGregor's the one. I'm just like, how did he end up in fucking Denver? I I think they said hey, they here's tickets. Let's fly out. I think he, is he still in the states because of Ultimate Fighter too? 
Um, I don't know. Is that still happening? These guys don't even have a fight book. That's a yeah. Like, that might not even happen. But I, and maybe he saw you know Chad and Eddie or former opponents. And but at the end of the day, you know, uh, Mike was able to beat Luke. And then when he was giving his um, you know his post fight speech. He basically asked if he could have a face-off with Conor McGregor, which was kind of like cute and sweet. I mean, it's and it's kind of endearing at this point, too. I think kind of some of the aura around Conor has kind of faded from like him being, you know, like this big guy that was kind of calling everyone out and, and trash talking. And, and now he's become more of like an ambassador type where like everyone kind of knows he's a big money fight and, and they had a stare down and... I think the announcer asked Connor, like, would you be interested in like, is this, you know, is this something that you're interested in? And he said he loved it. He was having such a good time. And you could tell, you know, they had a lot of shots of him in the crowd. He was very animated. Like you said, during the Connor and Eddie fight, he was giving them tips. The interview I saw after the fact, Connor, I mean, I, uh, Eddie thought Connor was trying to give Chad Mendez advice that he was taking instead. I don't, I don't know what the, what the whole story there was, but it was, it was endearing to see, like everyone kind of be like, instead of Connor being like a nemesis and like, oh, this guy's trying to, you know, steal our money and like, you know, earn, you know, steal the fans. Like, you know, back when Nate was fighting him, kind of how he positioned it. Now it's like everyone wants a piece. Um, everyone knows that, you know, e- even though his stock isn't as high as it once was. They that, should like, all be kissing his attention. ass, man. They're like, look, kind of. Yes. I mean, yeah, like, as shitty as the paychecks are, they are still way better than they were uh, before this ban. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that was interesting. Yeah, uh, BKFC, man. I can't say this about every organization, but th- that money there can't be. On, the things there can't be on the up and up, bro. I'm just saying. I, I don't I don't know how the pay-per-view buys are doing. They have a lot of events. I mean, mm. it does seem like every couple weeks there's something, and we don't talk about most of them. I don't think the MMA can, and And they're in that kind of middle zone where it's like, They've garnered a lot of MMA stars, so you have some people interested to see how those guys transition. But there's a lot of guys that aren't MMA fighters. I don't know if they're boxers or where they came from necessarily, mm. but like where that fan base is and how it's able to sustain, you know, the kind of paychecks like you're saying that they're doling out. Is everything on the up and up? Yeah, is it just well, you the, know. the shares higher? Like maybe they're they're cutting in the fighters a lot more, and hopefully the long term works out. I don't know. It, it's hard to say. I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, speaking of liars, uh, the guy who runs One FC, uh, Chattery CEO Sitio Dong, right, was trying to like talk some shit about Francis Ngannou before, like they were like they were gonna like he was basically um, cutting through the bullshit. It sounds like this guy is not getting picked. Um, you know, he's not giving sure. up giving given the rose at the end here. Um, and he's trying to be like he's just like, Oh, we we pulling we decided not to make an offer. That's his thing now. You know, and then like Francis is like, Hey man, when I met with the guy, I told him I already have a verbal commitment to this other place. And then okay. this guy tried to grandstand and stuff, because that's what that's what he does. That's what one does. Um, specifically I mean, whatever. Like I don't yeah. think a lot of people. I mean, I think the really real takeaway thought- is Francis says he's about to sign a, a deal. And yeah, it's great. allowed for I, MMA I and it. boxing. Okay. Which I don't know if that means one company is doing both, which in which case you're just like, this might have signed a deal with Showtime or like as a right, whole. Maybe. That'd be a, yeah. Um, yeah. The Francis thing is going to be weird. It's just like, I like how all of us are not even saying like, yeah, let's go to boxing and this guy's going to become the fucking heavyweight champion there too. It's that all of us are like, yeah, let's go to boxing. This motherfucker gets a paycheck worth what, you know, 
Like, like, like that's worth it to him. Finally, you know, for what he is. And stuff. Yeah, I don't. I like, don't it's think weird. A lot of- like, it's like we're almost like we're just like, yeah, let's like lower the MMA quality because M- the UFC is worse without him. Just blanket statement. Okay. Well, UFC- I think. I think that the, the the tough thing with Francis really is like who is he going to fight, right? And if he if he boxes, then we know like oh well he might fight Wilder or he might fight um, God who's the other cat Fury Fury Tyson or Joshua Andre Wild or, or okay. Joshua like those three guys I think like I was like oh well that's that's compelling because those are top tier guys that are probably going to I mean probably that are going to demolish him in boxing but at least it's like that's an interesting dance partner. When you get into MMA landscape, it's like who is out there in heavyweight in any of the organizations that you put Francis against them and it really becomes compelling. And I think that's difficult. I mean, there's like a guy in like one that I forgot his name. There's like a there's like handful I have of guys. No idea. I think we don't know. Them. There's no one. Yeah. There's no one in one that I'm aware of. Ryan, I mean, I mean Ryan, the are they trying to kill Ryan Bader? That's the question of Bellator. Are I mean, we going to try to kill like Ryan Bellator Bader? Has, <laughs> Bellator has a handful, but most of them are really older passing guard guys. And you have Ryan Bader, um, but it is just like I, I don't. It doesn't sound like he's going to Bellator unless it is some kind of Showtime Bellator thing, PFL maybe because th- that that pay per view. That's the that, that's got to be PFL, right? Like, I mean, it's either PFL or I listed the two: PFL or Showtime, right? That's like some sort of group, like yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm really interested to see where he lands. Um, and who he fights next because I, I that dance partner is really what's got me most compelled it's just like I don't know who's out there that really gets people excited um, besides some of those top name boxers and even then it, it's it's appealing but it's also like well, this guy's going to be doing a new sport that he's never competed in against the very best current fighters in that Man, sport I just my, my biggest concern is I just want to know like it's at least like 10-15 million dollars I just want to know like this is all. I mean, Francis really, man. Like, this seems like a too good of a person for this sport. Just like, like literally, like they offered him more money than any of their heavyweight ever, right? Mm-hmm. And just on fucking principle, basically, he's like, no, you know, yeah. like, I don't know. And people like people are shit talking. Like, what a just dumb guy is. You know, he's passing up all this money. This man's fucking priced his principles out of the. You know, <laughs> they're too expensive for this shit. So yeah. I don't know. And and he has tried to leave that door open where like maybe he will come back to the UFC. The UFC has at least verbally at this point been very much like, no, oh, we don't want to be in the business he, with that guy. You know, he like, come on now. Like, yeah, no. that's, yeah he'd be bad. They, they, they'd run to have him back, man. Man, right. let me tell you, man, John Jones comes back, beats Steve Miocic and retires when the fight's over. We're going to have a real situation at heavyweight. Just, we're going to have a real, yeah, it's going to be some lean fucking times, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that, but I don't know if UFC really cares that much. I, I honestly feel UFC has marketed themselves and tried to brand themselves as like, these letters are the important thing. Stars will come and go. We will survive. We will endure. And it's, sometimes it's almost like, maybe we don't want huge stars because huge stars have huge problems. They want a lot of money. They want a lot of freedom. They want to do other things. And we want to really control this product. So maybe we'd be happier with the Sergey as a heavyweight champion that they, they no just, one's we really just need to put uh, we just need to put one big one in a month you know that's it mm-hmm. that's just one big a month everything else we're just filling hours of the day the ESPN plus has to put something on um all right speaking of one though since we've talked about it um this is the biggest 
I'm gonna say this is the biggest show they have ever. I think this is the most important show in their history, right now. Um, they're gonna be they're doing their first United States show, um, and they're doing it in Broomfield, Colorado. Um, and I thought they went to Colorado, Mark, pretty much because that was I don't know the first UFC was there, and I don't know they wanted to go for that reason. It's because Colorado approved their rule set. Which is, that is interesting, quite frankly. That they're going to mm-hmm. be able to play, they would go with their rule set. Um, biggest star in the company, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, uh, defending his flyweight championship against Adriano Moraes. The trilogy um, between these two gentlemen. Um, been excellent, excellent uh, fight so far, Mark, between these two guys. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is just on Amazon, I hope. Is this like, so. like yeah. is that it? Can I just turn this on my TV on Friday night? That's yeah, it's just Amazon work. Prime Video on Wiki, so I gotta trust Dude, them. They put on a good product, man. They put on a good product. Um, Mighty Mouse talking like he doesn't think he has like two more years in him. He says, "I'll be done <laughs> soon." Um, and it's not like normally I'd say like, "Okay, a guy's talking about retirement, and he's not winning any more fights." But I don't know. His attitude of it is like, "Man, I just think I can make money other ways." You know, I think I've, you know, done this enough, yada, yada, yada. So, I don't know. I think he's going to win. We're not picking this officially. Um, I just don't pick against Mighty Mouse to in, in mixed martial arts contests. Seems like a bad idea. He does not lose very often. Are you going to try to check this out? Uh, Yeah. Is it is it a Friday or is it a Saturday? Uh, it says Friday, May 5th, but I don't know. Yeah, Friday, May 5th. Um, yeah. Well, it's they, also in Colorado, so it might be at night. Well, it says 6 p.m. MT, 8 p.m. Eastern time. So, so the, I think it says 5, it says 5 p.m. for us. Mm-hmm. Normally, with the one cards, it's like, yeah. like the, Honestly, have, with the one cards, most of the ones I've caught in live have been Friday night, Friday morning at 6 in the morning when I wake up. I go on YouTube to see if there's any new videos posted, and they're, and they're live, yeah. right? There are events going on, so I'll watch some of it before work. Um, so this is, in, this, this is intriguing. Yeah, this one, by out. the way, has got like, uh, they have like 10 or sorry, eight, eight, eight fights on the main card, which is always, I've noticed. I'm like, yeah, they have main cards really long cause they're doing a bunch of different sports. Um, but like, yeah, we got like, let me real quickly go through it before getting back to like their overall thoughts on it. But Rod Tang, who's just a Muay Thai God is what I've come to learn at this point. Uh, Rod Tang is in the co-main event. Um, defending the flyweight championship for Muay Thai. Mikey Musamesi, um, the pride of was somewhere in New Jersey. I think mm-hmm. Hoboken, maybe. Um, their flyweight submission grappling uh, champion is fighting. Stamp Fairtex, uh, one of their most popular female fighters. Uh, she likes to dance. Mm-hmm. Um, she wins fights and then dances. Roberto Saldich is awesome. Sage Northcutt back on here. Ong Lanzong. These are people I legitimately know. I don't know necessarily know the opponent in all these fights, but like, um, and Rainier De Ritter on the uh, prelims there, they're throwing mm. everything they got in this thing, man. This is an interesting week to do this up against the UFC pay per view too. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but on Friday, right? So maybe the, hoping to to catch, which is also usually not like the best night for fights because, like, like we used to say, like you know, people make plans for Friday nights, so they're not always going to be home watching. Um, but yeah, I think they, they are throwing a lot at this. There's, you know, a three championship card, 
um, I think is something to applaud. And I think Sage is a good get. Um, Stamp Fairtex is someone that they've been pushing a lot recently. So yeah, I, I do think it's it's a good one. Um, and I, I Demetrius Johnson has been their biggest star. And if you ever watching the the one FC product. He's in a lot of the advertising. Uh, advertising. He's a very. He's a big cornerstone of the product. Um, and this is the third time, you know, uh, these two are going at it, and they've been classic fights. Both of both the fights have been fantastic. And you know, DJ got his revenge in the last one in the same fashion that he lost the first one. So there's some good storytelling. That was, that was a there. beautiful knee, man. The timing of yeah. that thing. Woo. <laughs> um, and it'll be interesting to see. You know, I so one has televised in the u.s but they never had any events in the u.s yeah no so like they've had all these events and they've been live like they've been aired this exact time except they're happening in singapore or indonesia or wherever they're doing the show which locally must be wild uh quite frankly Mm -hmm. um but they'll yeah so this is their first one in the united states because they got to get their do use their rule set um and scoring so we'll see i i like their product man they put on despite the fact that the whole operation is just kind of very strangely deceptive. Um, fuck, they're all promoters. They're all liars. Um, they put on a good show. I think I, I think I've told you before. I like that they. I think a lot of times Bellator comes off as just a lesser than UFC, you know, because they're doing the exact same mm-hmm. thing a lot of times. Um, the one does not come off at all like the UFC. It just feels like a totally different product. So I like that. It's hard to. You're never going to do the UFC as well as the UFC. It's just never going to be done. Can't be done. Um, but I'm definitely going to check this out because it's the thing I watch on one on Prime these days more than anything else, I think. Um, so, yeah. Um, UFC, though, the next night. We're going to do it on mm-hmm. pay-per-view. For 80 of your dollars, Aljamain Sterling, Henry Cejudo, um fighting for the bantamweight championship that Henry never lost. Never lost. Never lost. Um, co-main event was supposed to be Charles Oliveira against Benil Dariush. That was going to be fun. Uh, but Oliveira got hurt, and that got moved to the next pay-per-view. And then this card, everybody looked at it for a moment and said, oh, my God, what the hell? Um, and then they threw enough money at Gilbert Burns and um, Bilal Muhammad. Um, to fight for five goddamn rounds, Mark. Five goddamn rounds. Yeah, that's weird. And one of those guys is coming off a couch, and the other guy fought to three, well, like you know three weeks ago. So, um, but honestly, anchoring it in there, I mean, still not. I mean, it's hard for these pay per views where you're like, man, it's how does eighty dollars buy me sometimes like two title fights and then like Chandler and Poirier, mm-hmm. and then other times it gets me like still a good card there. I think this is still a very good card. One championship fight. And then, like, you know, some prospects. And then mm-hmm. I got to pay for Thug Nasty now, basically. That's, you know, it's, 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 I don't know. It's interesting. I'm not trying to get them to be like, hey, man, all right, we got John Jones. It's $150. I'm not trying to get them to do that, but right. let's try to be stabilize this thing. Anyway, let's get into it. Henry Cejudo, Aljamain Sterling, two of the least eloquent people possible on the internet. Um, just terrible shit talk. But two, Mark, excellent, excellent bantamweights. Um, Aljamain Sterling now with two title defenses. Um, Henry Cejudo won this title. Um, it's kind of interesting. He won the title after he already knocked out the champion. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what happened. Um, and then he defended it one time. 
And then he said, I'm going to retire. I'm definitely not doing this just to see if they'll give me more money. This is definitely a retirement. So that was what happened. So retired after one mm-hmm. defense um, after he uh, beat Dominic Cruz. Um, hasn't fought since almost three years to the day. May 9th, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, he tried to get a 145-pound title because he wanted to, you know, man's just trying to add, you know, get a fourth C. Sure. He wants a fourth mm-hmm. C. He said, he wants, he says, I want to go from triple C to C4. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Whatever. Dream big, man. Whatever you want. Um, but instead, they said, hey, you want to fight Aljamain Sterling? Uh, we have no one for him to fight. So here we are. Somehow, they have nobody for him, for him to fight. Aljamain Sterling, though, I said two defenses, defended the title after uh, winning it via DQ, defended it against Peter Jan. Um, and then uh, pretty handedly beat TJ Dillashaw, who had no business going into the cage that night, mm. but frankly owes us all money. All of us who definitely paid full price for the pay-per-view. Um, Mark, uh, Mike's pick in this one, main event, is Henry Cejudo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm the only person on this show to pick Aljamain Sterling to win any fight ever. Okay? At this point, I think I've come to terms Maybe. with that. Um Here's the thing. Also, fighters over age 35 are 2 and 26 in championship fights. Of oh, below, like 100, 100, 170 pounds and below. Those two wins are both Tyron Woodley's. Okay. Henry Cejudo is 36 years old. Hmm. Um, taking Henry Cejudo. And let me tell you why. People who listen to this podcast a long time will know this. I was on the Henry Cejudo train when it was not embarrassing to be on the Henry Cejudo train, okay? I picked him to beat TJ Dillashaw. Me and me alone. So yeah, man. I picked him to be, to win to beat Marlon Marais. Fuck it. I could pick him to win this championship too. Um, I don't I would not be surprised if he just gets backpacked for five rounds by mm-hmm. Algernon Sterling, honestly. Um He hadn't fought in three years. Like I, I despite what some people say, I really think ring rust has to be a thing. Just in terms of like I don't mean just physically, like just like like it is physically, but like your the impact your emotions will have on your on you physically. You know what I mean? Like that feeling again mm-hmm. of being in front of fucking twenty thousand, or more realistically in this case, ten thousand people uh, on pay per view. You know, fighting for millions of dollars on the line, all those things. I think it's you know it's going to be tough, but man, he was he was really good. I mean, let's just not forget how good he was as a fighter. He beat Mighty Mouse. When nobody beat Mighty Mouse, he beat him. You know, he knocked out TJ Dillashaw, but TJ Dillashaw was on the best supplements. You know, he knocked out, I think he knocked out Marlon Marais, I think, or did he sub him? He knocked out Marlon Marais, right? He did. He knocked out, Mar- so. yeah. he knocked out Marlon Marais when no one was beating Marlon Marais back then. Mar- everybody picked Marlon Marais to win that fight. You know? The Dominic Cruz one, I think most of us at this point were like, man, Henry's really good. But yeah, he was on a run. He doesn't, he hasn't disappeared from the sport. He's still coaching. You know, I do truly don't, I mean, making fun of the guy, but I do don't think, I don't think he literally wanted to retire. I think he wanted more money. He wanted, you know, wanted money and bigger opportunities, and I don't think they're willing to bend. That's what I really believe. So I assume, I think that actually works in his favor. So I got I got Henry getting it done here, man. Um, decision. What do you got, buddy? Yeah, um, 
it is tempting to pick Sterling. I think that statistic about age, I think, is interesting. I hadn't heard about that one before. Um, and I have not been, I've been very lukewarm on Sterling. And you said, I think I might have picked him to, to win once and he lost or something. I do feel like I Oh, Caraway. We all picked right. him to be Caraway. That was the something one. Like <laughs> that was that long ago. Um, but I, I, I can see a way he wins this fight, right? I, I And I think it would be somewhere where he, not even that he like backpacks him, that he just catches him. He catches Henry and catches him in a submission. I think stand-up wise, Sterling's pretty good. I mean, I think he has a lot of the P's and Q's. I think, you know, him beating Peter Yan really should have got me more excited about his potential in the division and, and being a long reigning champion. The TJ fight, obviously. I mean, if anything, I, I didn't watch that fight when it happened. I just watched it recently. And it was almost discouraging that like he had and as much trouble as like wasn't able to finish him in the first round where he had him in a really bad spot and he was so compromised. Um, but I don't think he really realized, you know, how Mark, do you pick him over O'Malley? Right now? I probably I think I, I do. Would. I, yeah, I've been picking Aljo. I'm sure it's like I've been picking Aljo in every one of these fucking fights. Because I think Aljo's a great grappler. And I think he's become mm -hmm. a better um I think he's actually a pretty decent striker at this point. He's learned like, he's <clears> long. And he manages right. his length well. Um, which I think would actually like when I'm saying when I'm picking Henry in this one, I think it's gonna be real close. And I think like things like this, where Henry does not have any reach. Like mm -hmm. Henry is a 125er that like doesn't want to cut weight. That's what we are doing. That's what we're doing here, to be honest, we're being honest with ourselves. Like, but yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like, yeah, I just Aljo's a I think Aljo's a really good fighter. I just think Henry at his best is a very tough matchup for what Aljo does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I do I would also be kind of surprised to see Henry lose the grappling exchanges because it does seem to be the area that he's always been very strong in, right? Like he doesn't get out grappled. Well, DJ um, did. DJ took him down. DJ did? Yeah. He took him down, but I mean, he won that fight by taking him down and getting and stealing rounds too. That's true. That was the first one. I maybe, I maybe, I mean, I might not be. No, 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 the first round, the first round, DJ knocked him. Oh, that's true. What was it? Finished him with like a liver knee, really quick. Oh yeah, that's true. Round. That was the second fight. And he beat him anyway. It didn't make a and, difference. And honestly, I mean, D maybe DJ did take him down in, in that second fight. I mean, Henry just was able to take him down three times and control yeah. rounds. It wasn't the most impressive, you know, fight in the world. We just got it done against, you know, the greatest that was doing it then. So I mean, I don't know. It, it is tough. I. I'm going to go with Cejudo, too, mostly because, like, I just haven't been so impressed with Sterling, even though, you know, he has doubted a lot of the... I mean, the I'm slowly doubters. talking myself out of it, basically, while I'm here, but... Yeah, and I mean, and like I said, uh, Henry's, you know, he's very short. He's going to have to get on the inside if Sterling kind of keep him at bay and not get in clinches and get taken down. And maybe if he gets taken down, you know, I think Sterling's very crafty grappling, um, so it's gonna. I think I'm actually excited for fight. this actual fight. I think the fight itself. I think it's actually be pretty good. To be honest with yeah. you, I think it's gonna mm -hmm. be. I think it's gonna be diff. I mean, I'm gonna jinx it now, but I think it's gonna be difficult for this to be bad. You know, I guess I'll, I like well, there it is. If Aljo gets on his back, can't finish him, and they're here. We're walking around, but I do. Th I think he'd finish him. Yeah, I think he and gets I, on your back. You're probably going home. Like, that's and I don't I, think it's. Mm -hmm. Well, I could also just see like Henry trying to replicate what he did with uh, DJ. Like, I'm gonna oh, take mm. Aljamain down control him maybe not be maybe not even land a lot of damaging strikes i could see a decision that's controversial because maybe it's like oh sterling was working off his back and throwing more strikes and doing more damage right which is the criteria but 
Henry was getting takedowns and control and what's he, control he's honestly, worth if there's not he's, damage. He's, he's become a very smart fighter. He was a very smart fighter. As dumb as he comes off, Henry he is a very smart fighter. The way he talks about fighting sure. and he's coaching and stuff, he's very smart. And I know the age thing, I'm the one who brings it up all the time. Is one of the, when I was, uh, you weren't on the show then, but like when I was laying out my case for Leon Edwards, I went down the line. I was like, he's this much younger than Kamaro. He's fucking, uh, when one day, I brought out that stat. Um, cause I was, you know, 170 to 130. It's below 170. Um, Aljo's 33. Henry's 36. Aljo's got more fights than Henry. But also, Henry fucking was an Olympic wrestler. So there you go. I mean, there's that in his life, too. So, you know, Aljo wrestled, too, but probably not as, you know, it's not obviously not on that level. So I think, honestly, you know, they're probably close in that regard. You know, maybe Aljo wins and it's another one for the numbers, but I'm not sure age is going to be the factor here, to be honest. Um, All right. So all of us with Henry, are you tracking this by chance? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Co-main event, uh, Bilal Muhammad, Gilbert Burns. Um, Mark, I feel that a lot of people don't really want to believe that Bilal Muhammad's good. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I guess elite. I guess people, we know he's good. People don't want to believe that he's actually like a top five guy in a weight class. You know what I mean? It just seems like that is, it's I, like him and Benil are the same way. Benil Darius is the other guy like that. People don't want to believe that they're elite. I'm in that class, Bobby. I know it's like, but not it's like, that, like he did. And it's not that everybody. I don't want to believe. I just like haven't. I, you got I a mental never, block. It feels like no. It, it kind of that. Like I don't. I have a hard time remembering a lot of his fights. Um, and I know I've watched them. It's just like I don't feel like he's done a lot to really jump out to make him kind of stand out in a sea of fighters. Like he gets the wins. Like you look at his records. Like he's fought in a lot of good guys and he's gotten the wins, but he's never put on those performances where it's like yeah this is the guy it's always been like he's good he'll he'll win rounds and he'll win decisions the sean brady one didn't do it for fights. you man there was sean no, brady came in with sean, so much behind him sean never i wasn't i wasn't on that train uh, you know so it was just like here's a guy with some hype that he beat i mean we like, got a man with he's won eight he's unbeaten in nine fights eight of those are wins and no contest is to the champion that's one end of it we got gilbert burns on the other side um Who's won three of four fights? Uh, the loss in there to Kamzat. I said, go back and watch it. Some people, it was closer than you remember it to being. Um, he just fought a month ago against Jorge Masvidal. Before that, he went through Neil Magny real quick. Um, Mike Scott, who he has Burns. Yeah, I got Burns also. Um, and I, I'm one of those people who actually. I've come to terms with how good Bilal Muhammad is. He's very good. He is elite fighter. Um, Bilal Muhammad did not want this fight, it felt like, for a while. Like, it felt like it was a fight they were trying to book on and off, and, like, nobody wanted to fight Gilbert Burns, and that nobody included him. And that's the... There's so many fucking variables around this fight, Mark, where, like, one one guy wasn't fighting anybody two weeks ago. He's coming off the couch. The other guy fought a month ago, and it was a three-round fight, you know, he didn't get pummeled or anything, but it was a three-round fight. You know, that that's also the guy, you know, who's 36 years old in this fucking equation. You know, Bilal, is Bilal younger? He's 34. I'm just saying, like, there's a lot happening here that, like, it's, like, beyond just their skill set. So I'm just going to say the one who didn't want to fight the other one for a while is not going to win. So I'm going Gilbert Burns. I think Gilbert Burns, but if... I'm gonna, maybe this one gets it for you, Mark, if, if Bilal pulls it off. Maybe this one does it. <laughs> I mean, I would love for there to be an impressive performance. And again, looking through his record, 
lots of good names with W's next to him. And there's a decision next to pretty much all of them. And I think that's kind of been my thing with him is just that, you know, every high caliber fight that he's had that he's won for me, hasn't stuck out. I haven't really seen like, I think from what I recall, like he's good at stand up. He's a good wrestler. He's good at all these things. He's not great at anything. He does not make me excited to watch him when they announced this. It still wasn't like I'm super excited, but I'm still tempted to pick him just because, you know, what am I not seeing, right? Why is he so highly regarded? Why do you, why do you say the things you just said? Um, and I felt like, yeah, I'm I'm that person you're describing. I don't have much. I mean, it wasn't like, but I think it's, I think it's isn't it sometimes just like a guy shows up and he fights a certain ability. He shows him to be a self to be a certain ability, and enough fights go on where he seems to be at that ability, and then like. You kind of set it in your head, like I'm thinking about like a Dosanio situation, where like I think you had it with Dosanio. Yeah, well, like, I, like, why I put a ceiling like, on him? This is what this guy is. Do you think maybe some of it is that? Because yeah. I mean, he's like, been here a long. Like Benil was that for me too. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, I feel like I saw Benil fight like on like tough like ten or some shit. Like, like I was just like, yeah, it's like I mean, I felt that way kind of like with Leon too. Like a lot yeah. of Leon Edwards fights, I was kind of just like, he's good, he's good. I didn't, I never thought he would get to the 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 level that he has come to and maybe, you know, maybe we are just harsh critics where we're just like, it, it don't impress me much, man. Like Mr. Nye Twain it's, tells yeah. us, man, it don't yeah, impress I don't me know. much, but he, he's still, he's tempting to pick. I'm not going to pick him. I'm going to go with Burns and play it safe with everyone else. But it does seem like when this happens, right, where it's, it's in these, these, these top two fights is like, well, one of us should pick the other guy. I think it's very credible that Sterling or Muhammad, pulls one off um, here. I don't think we're going to get both of these right, um, but I just don't feel compelled to pick Muhammad. I, so I, I, did I say the odds in either one of these fights? I didn't. Um, uh, no. Bur- Burns minus 135 to Muhammad's plus 110. Aljo minus 105. Henry minus 115. I'm, I agree with all that shit, man. This is very... Both those fights. Um, yeah. Not easy to bet or pick those two fights. Um, next one up, Jessica Andrade, Jan Jonan, um, Jessica Andrade, if I'm not mistaken, her preview, her last fight was where she got Blanchfielded. Like those of us mm-hmm. who ba- made every form of gamble on Miss Blanchfield, you could Blanchfield in the fucking, uh, first three rounds, Blanchfield in round two, Blanchfield by submission. We were holding all those. It was a big night for us. Um, Jessica Andrade is now taking you on on John Jonan. John Jonan um, took a majority decision win over Mackenzie Dern back in October. Um, it was not a good fight. Um, a lot of these fights of hers I have not enjoyed particularly. It's, there's not a lot of finishes, to be honest, um, when she got to the UFC. Before the UFC, a lot of finishes. UFC, not a lot of fish in the finishes. Um, Jessica Andrade will hurt you. Will hurt you. And this is uh, straw weight. She went back down to straw weight, right? Again? This is the weight class for mm-hmm. Jessica Andrade. And I think she's a minus. Right now, she's a minus 200 favorite. Yeah, she's winning. I'm going Jessica Andrade. What do you got? Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Again, kind of looking through some of these, I, I do want to find that needle in the haystack to kind of be like, okay, this is where I'm going to make a stand and 
pick against the grain. And that's because anytime we fall into this pattern, we're all kind of thinking the same thing. We're always wrong. You know, like one of these. Dude, you know, I am we, so we, close we, to telling you to be like, fuck it. Let's go with Aljo one more time. I just so like do it. I'm part of me. part of me. just like, fuck it. Was, we ride again. Muhammad, right. I'm kind of thinking like, well, he's going to pull something off. But um, I'm but still yeah, pissed. I, I didn't feel- pick Pavlovich last week, bro. I'm still pissed about that one. I'm like, fuck, mm-hmm. man, I knew. I knew Pavlovich could win this, but yeah, go ahead. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing is like yeah we've had we've had a couple of them like Ricky Simone and Song like they're 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 close fights where we can see the other guy winning and we all kind of hedge or, or feel the same way. Um, but yeah, I also I I hate anytime I do good in the picks, it's usually when I just follow my head, and sometimes it is I don't have enough information on the other components, um, and I make a bad pick that way. But in, in this case, yeah, I'm going with Jessica. Um, but I don't think this is the one to, to veer off course with. So, yeah, I think the next one might be Mike also took Jessica Andrade. True. Um, all right, guys. I said it last time this man fought. All right. I said we got to be paying attention to Movsair Ivalov. All right. He's one of these prospects everybody's talking about. And then he went out there and beat up Dan Ige. All right. He's been just beating people up in the UFC. Okay. Beating them up. Not finishing them, beating them up, Mark. All right? Beating them up. That's what we do. All right? Just just beating them up. Um, <laughs> you know he's going to beat up this weekend? He's going to beat up Thug Nasty. Okay? Um, Bryce Mitchell, he's a, he's, he's, a, he's a good fighter. All right? Um, uh, we we, we kind of learned some stuff in that last one with Ilya, Ilya uh, Tuporia, Mark. I think we learned some stuff about Bryce Mitchell, which was we need to pump the brakes. Okay, we need to pump the brakes. He was fifteen and zero. We all got real excited. Um, let's give him somebody else to fight. I don't think he's winning this one either. Do not think he's winning this one either. Um, he's a plus two ten underdog. Moves there is minus two seventy five. Yeah, it's for a reason. I got him. Moves there. Mike. Mike's got Bryce Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Dollars to donuts. And, Mike did not know who the hell Movesar is at all. Okay, and <laughs> and and to be honest with you, Bob, I wouldn't have either. Yeah. I'm only picking <laughs> Movesar because you're so hyped on him. The line's so crazy on him. This is obviously one of those ones where it's like, oh, well, I don't know. I'm in the um, you know, I'm in the blind spot here. So I'm, and I don't like those picks. Anytime well, you Dick, come in hot, you know what pick? I'm not, I'm, no, no, I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying I'm not even trying to say he's hyped. I'm like, I think he's that great. I just think like. He's fucking sixteen and zero for a reason, and like, it's true. We, sure, we all, all we all know is, Thug Nasty because his name is Thug Nasty, and he doesn't believe the Earth is round. Like that's what we know. This a few, I don't. What I'm saying is, I always feel a little uncomfortable. Where it's not, it's not off of knowledge that I'm aware of. Thug Nasty is getting taken I, down. Whether you can do something about it or not is what you're asking yourself. Okay, that's what's happening. I mean, yeah. Let me tell you, that's what's I, happening. I, I'm going off. I'm going off your excitement when you, no, no. When you told I'm me. No, no. I'm just to... saying this. If you think Thug Nasty can stop someone from just taking him down, he's then he'll win the fight. No, well, that's, that's, so what I'm saying <laughs> is this guy to me, even though I probably saw his Ige fight, yeah. is kind of a big unknown. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm going. I'm picking in the dark, given off of the line, your excitement because you saw once we were talking about it, you're like Mike made a huge mistake. Mike, Mike made a <laughs> fucking Mike. mistake. That's he part of the reason Mitchell. where I'm just like, I we're can't get off the course. I can't. I was yeah, like, I'm be... like, that's part of the reason I'm like, I gotta stick with. I can't like give up this opportunity, pick one up because I we lost so one it, last it's, week. It's it's one of those things. Like next week, if you're right, I, I'm not gonna feel good about it. It's not a good pick on my part where I was like, oh, I really, I knew this matchup and this was a bad mistake. Well, I'm gonna it feel was bad really like <laughs> you just. I mean, yeah. If, if if he loses, and I was like, well, I followed Bobby, and that's my own fault. 
Um, and that's really all it is. So it's like, I don't feel comfortable about this. I don't feel confident in it. I mean, I feel somewhat confident because you're so confident, but there's nothing. I don't have any. I have faith in the gambling community. One. And I just, the more Bryce Mitchell opens his mouth, the more I'm like, well, sure. His he, personality like, doesn't, is just, yeah. it's not helping. Like he doesn't yeah. seem smart anywhere. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm going with you. I think he put out a mixtape. It was okay though. It was not bad. Okay. His mixtape. Hopefully. Put- oh, you know, Mike listens to the podcast. I'm not going to be surprised midweek he's like oh no 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 no! i'm switching i'm switching <laughs> i didn't know they're like come on come on give us the point uh but we'll see um all right um cron gracie charles jordan i has cron fought in a while honest question yeah i uh, honestly don't know when the last time he fought was um let's see 2019 all right i got the other guy <laughs> yeah, he fought against Cubs. Yeah, I got the other guy. I've got Jordan, man. Jordan's a good fighter. Um, is he? Th- I did. Uh, he's lost two in a row, but I don't. Yeah, I got. I'm taking Charles Jordan. What's the odds on this one? Who's Mike got? He's got Jordan. Yeah, I'm taking Jordan. The other guy's fought in four fucking years. Like yeah. I, I, I was big on Cron Gracie coming up. I heard all the stories about how this is like. I mean, he's Hickson, son, Mark. For the love of God. He's the mm-hmm. crown prince, okay, of the greatest of all time. Like, I mean, yeah, Kron was good, though. Jokes aside, he was real good. He lost to Cup Swanson, and, and, like, I remember even at the time when they booked it, I'm like, this is a wild fucking booking for a guy who is, you know, mm-hmm. what, 4-0, 5-0? Like, he, like, he really went up quick, man. Like, he was fighting Tokoro, then he's fighting Kawajiri in the finals of a Ryzen tournament, and then, like, hey, you want to fight Bruce Leroy? Okay. Like and then okay, Cup Swanson. He's fought champions. Let's let's do that. I don't know. These Gracies just expensive, and they got to book him in these fights. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It it is weird bookings. Um, but yeah, you got Jordan. I got Jordan. Yeah, he's a good fighter, man. He got a. He's. I think he's gonna put him on his ass. He's gonna knock out Kron, to be honest. But yeah, what do you got? Yeah, same. Uh, I, I felt. Like for a while, Jordan kind of reminds me of a young like Jorge Masvidal. Like he's a real one. Like this dude fucking scraps, and like the record isn't the record's not even bad on him. It's not good recently. Love him but, thought like, he beat Burgos, dude. Burgos fight was real that's close. That's what I was gonna say. It was very close. I thought he beat Burgos. His last fight, I'm trying to remember. Um, Let me see if I can. What I vaguely, what I vaguely remember, because I don't remember the guy's name. Uh, Nathaniel Wood. Nathaniel Wood. I thought like Nathaniel looked like huge against him or something no I Nathaniel was Wood's a guy like this is a guy okay yeah um i'm yeah, trying to see I if mean, i'm I, trying to see what happened in that what fight if i can see if i get a lot of take I mean, it was a decision taken out in, five times okay well yeah, that's it um and, and i don't remember if Kron's super great in the wrestling department I obviously look at like his submission wins he wins by rear naked choke like don't let this dude get on your back if he gets on charles's back it could be over but i just feel like charles is just one of those tough opponents who's really going to put the damage on Kron and it's going to be hard for him to withstand that and also work his jiu-jitsu game so yeah I got yeah let me tell you man like when we were talking about it it wasn't like I was thinking like this card is like I think these fights are all good I'm I'm interested okay I'm interested in all five of these fights one of those fights is because I think Jessica Andrade is going to put a is going to make that fight be good not that I'm trying to come down on Yan Nam, but she's not the most exciting fighter in the world. Yeah, I mean, what I would say, yeah, I agree with you. Like, this main card is good. These fights are fights that I would probably maybe seek out if they were on other cards. As, like, a pay-per-view card, it is a little you, If you take off the title fight, this is what a fight night should look like. 
Oh, this I is mean, what this is literally what. Let me tell you, folks, this is what a fight night used to look like. Right. Honestly, yeah, that's what it would look like. That's what a fight night. Like, took, they take the main event of off. Contenders and prospects. And you have like one. They're big all one. kind of intriguing. Yeah, one, not for a title, um, just one big one. Maybe one, every now yeah. and then you get a free title fight, but almost never. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah, this is this is more of the caliber of what we're kind of used to with a non pay per view card. So to have, you know, I, I do think I think the main event's really interesting. I think Henry coming back is very compelling um but i don't know if it's enough to really carry a card by itself with no other title fights and you know they pulled muhammad and burns um you know out of the fire which i think was you know a big move for them but even if it was charles and darush which i think is an interesting fight it still would seem a little lackluster i mean honestly for a pay-per-view for 80 dollars two belts man i want two i need two belts you got to give me two belts you got to give me like is two belts connor or nate that's basically what we're talking about. Like one of those. It needs to be something like that. Yeah. It needs to be someone who is a superstar who transcends having a yeah. title or not. Um, or like, you yeah, you got you got to find a way to man. Like, yeah. yeah. And then like I'm that third you. fight better be decent too. It's it's a lot of money, man. You're asking a lot. This thing's worth twelve billion dollars for a reason, man. These people, we've got a very loyal fan base, and it keeps growing. And it's also we've talked about like the the mystique of like watching cage fighting is so far gone it's over they pulled it off man it's on espn it's great yeah that's it but this is the point where it's like that in and of itself is it used to be a draw right it used to be like oh there's a ufc pay-per-view i I don't get to see mixed martial arts very often but now it's like there's so much of i don't have to justify why i like it basically to most people it's like oh they get it like this this." i know we've come from having to explain it to it being a known commodity to now having to explain ourselves. And oh, you know, no, all, all the credit to the uh, the UFC for doing that. A lot of it. You know, good job, man. They sure. did it. Good for them. Yeah. And then yeah, Dana's like, you know what? Point. This is too corporate for me. I'm going to go watch to get motherfuckers slapping each other on a fucking yeah, right-wing that. fucking network. Um, all right. Uh, Drew Dober, Matt Frivola as an undercard fight. I'm, I'm on board with that one, buddy. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, Marina Rodriguez is on there. And um, Chaos Williams. So some stuff happening. Yeah. You're in New Jersey early. Um, all right. Um, stuff we like? Yeah. I was going to do a fight, but it's yeah. not good. Let's just, we'll, we'll, we'll make it, I want to make quality, not just pulling stuff exactly. out of my butt. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, you go first. All right. Yeah. Um, I got quite a bit of stuff this week. Um, one of them, Bobby had to go take a break. So I am going to wait until he comes back to say one of them because one of them was something that I was really interested in telling him about. But uh, I got a couple comics over uh, this last week, and one of the ones I read was The Last Ronin. This is probably like the biggest event in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles history in a while that I was aware of. Um, they're actually there's rumors that they're going to be basing a new video game off of it that's supposed to be in kind of the vein of God of War. Um, and to give you just kind of a piece of it, essentially, there's only one turtle left, and he's kind of going for revenge, and that story. And that comic I felt was really compelling. So I really enjoyed uh, reading through it. There was another comic I got that I'm going to wait for Bobby to come on because it's it's my highlight of the week. But I did also want to point out um, over the weekend, uh, me and my wife went to Alameda, which is actually like this little island in the uh, Bay Area. Uh, we did a lot of shopping and I checked out this really cool indie retro game store called the um, Experience Share which is uh, a Pokemon term. It's one of the things that you can get for your Pokemon, so they all uh, share experience. Um, But it was a rad, cool little indie game shop, and there's a few of these around in the Bay Area I've checked out over the years. 
I've been kind of on the hunt for a while for a Sega Saturn, which was basically Sega's console when the PlayStation came out, the 32-bit era. And I've been having a hard time just finding any of these shops carrying it. Uh, so when I went to this store, they actually had a couple of them in stock. And the manager there, who I who I learned his name is Marvel, he gave me a good sales pitch on it. I was very tempted to buy it day of, um, but there's realistically some reasons why I don't really need to or I'm not super interested in getting into um, collecting retro games or anything like that. But I slept on it. And the next day, Anymore. I was just, what's that? You got, a, you got a couple retro things already, bro. What are we talking about? No, I know. But so I was just talking, Bob, about um, I went to a, a retro video game store. Uh. They had a Sega Saturn. I've been kind of looking for one for a while. Mm. Now, there's legitical reasons. Like a lot of the games that are on the Saturn, I have other ways of playing right now. That like I don't need a Saturn to play these games. It's just something that I've kind of been hunting for and wanting. So after sleeping on it, I was kind of like, you know what? I just want to do it. So I did go back. And uh, I got the Saturn. There's this cart you need for that has like a RAM expansion and lets you play. It's a Japanese Saturn, so it lets you play uh, U.S. games. Also lets you play what they call reproduction games, which is just being, being able to play burnt games. Because um, some of the Saturn games are like insane. Where are you buying these games? Wait, where can you buy the burnt games though? Or do you do, you got to make them yourself somehow? Uh, you you can just make them yourself as long as you have the ISO. You can just burn it on a CD. Um, I found. Uh, a storefront on Etsy that will burn the game and then put art on the disc and give you kind of like a a case for it as well, so it's a little more presentable. Oh, than buddy, just... that is how I used to buy DVDs in Iran and my <laughs> the burnt death, yeah, the I bootleg mean, DVD special, and buddy. Guy, and they're asking for like sixteen bucks, so it's like it's not nothing, but it's not very expensive. Hey, man, that was the price of, of these... a burnt fucking bootleg DVD back then. <laughs> yeah, and and some of these like some of these games go for three, four, five hundred dollars. So it's like yeah, I'll spend sixteen dollars to get this game instead of getting the legitimate one. For hundreds of dollars so yeah so i took well, the plunge where's the retro that. game is it near around here it, it, it's in alameda i was telling everyone uh. that me and christine went to alameda uh. we were checking out some shops and we found this place and uh you know the owner there um his name is marvel which is kind of an interesting name uh super cool guy like i told him i was interested he was excited for me and like he was telling me like i think you should get it you know but like, he, it was it was one of those things where like it wasn't a hard pitch like he wasn't like dude you should get this it's gonna sell out he's just like this is the stuff i recommend you have this is what makes the system you can tell like he he was he liked the system as well um so it was great so yeah, i went back we drove back the next day after i slept on it and uh, we picked it up and unfortunately he wasn't there um, but yeah, I'm going to check that place out again. How do you get I it to really work on a TV? It. Like, what do you got to do? Like, you know, like an adapter yeah. that goes HDMI um, to like the it three. Has, it has component, right? Okay. Um, my TV in the studio has component, but I also did buy a converter where you can throw those components in a converter and it goes out to HDMI. Okay. I was going to say tried that yet. I'm interested to see how it looks. Um, it might just look shitty yeah. on that type of the thing. Just the Yeah. I mean, are... I'm playing it, playing just off component doesn't look great. You know, um, but it, it's cool. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and that, and you might remember this. I don't know if you remember this arcade game. Do you remember the the Die Hard arcade game? It was like a beat 'em up. It was like a three D. Oh yeah, okay, I do. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was one of the games that like that was the game that was like okay. I I don't have another way to play that. I don't. It's never came out on any other system. I don't have it on any of my machines. So like that's a game Dude, that I, I have, can't I have play elsewhere. Sega Saturn. I have nothing like 
There's nothing in me. No. Like, I don't remember anything or anybody who had one. Like, Eddie had, Eddie Eddie had, had one. one. Eddie was the only person I knew that had one. And I, you know, we played a lot of games. What was, like, it, the flagship? Was... A Sonic game, probably, or what? Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, like, it came out. It kind of got dropped out of nowhere. Like, there wasn't a lot of hype for it. It was, like, it was at an E3. They basically dropped it. And then it did not do well. And then Sega made the Dreamcast within, like, three or four years of it coming out. Because it, it, it kind of bombed state sides. That's that the why last some fucking the system they made, by the way? Was it the Dreamcast? The last one they made? Dreamcast was, yeah. After Dreamcast, that, they um they folded up. Why? Did no one everybody I The Dreamcast also didn't do so what happened was the Dude, Dreamcast, everybody I knew had a Dreamcast. <laughs> the Dreamcast did really well when it first came out. Mm. It was a big jump up from thirty two bit, but once PlayStation two came out, it ate its lunch. Oh, okay. That was the end of it. I was it. gonna say the two K um, series basically came out of Dreamcast, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. those are great. And yeah. Dreamcast I mean Dreamcast had great selection of games. The fucking awesome was a tennis console. game that everybody all of a sudden liked tennis. Virtual tennis that game was so good. Virtual tennis yeah. was fantastic. I think yeah, like most like modern of... tennis games like that was the first one that looked like that to me and like played mm-hmm. like that, I thought. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know. That was great. Crazy taxi. There's all I mean, yeah. yeah, it just had a plethora of awesome. Shout games. out, man. Shout out Dreamcast. I sold yeah. it for eighty five dollars. Um, so Regretful. I was was telling the guys there was one thing I was holding off because I wanted to tell you about this in particular. So before the podcast, a lot of times when we're setting up, I'll go on Amazon and I'll kind of just check out whatever. And sometimes it's comics. And a couple weeks ago I ran across this comic called do a power bomb and i was like oh this looks kind of cool mm-hmm. and i think i read a couple pages and s- saw the synopsis for it and i was like okay i'll check this out i had read a couple of years ago there was another graphic novel or comic series that was about pro wrestling and, and i tried it and it really just didn't connect with me it was mm-hmm. so like just like about no, so like, it's all fiction life i thought this isn't okay because you bought yeah, me you bought yeah, me this, that this other is... comic for uh my birthday yeah, about, one year. Like, Cornette or something. Cornette, uh, before we learned how much of a horrible person he is, wrote a cool comic book, though, about like stories and wrestling. But sorry, go ahead. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is completely fictional um, Mm -hmm. and it's fantastic. It is so fucking good. Um, It, I mean, the basic storyline is like uh, there's this uh, female pro wrestler, Steel Rose. She's like the shit. Everyone loves her. She's the best thing that ever hit pro wrestling. And um, she's doing this match and she ends up dying in the ring. And then her daughter wants to follow in her footsteps. Um, and then no one really wants to train her. And this is where it goes like fucking off the walls. And when I read the description, I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to be interested in this because it's just fucking crazy. There's this necromancer dude from another universe. Mm-hmm. He gets her and he's like, hey, I'm holding this pro wrestling tournament. Mm-hmm. And if you win, I'll get your mom back to life. Right. And that's just kind of bullshit, crazy, batshit, crazy stuff. But like, this comic is one the art is fucking fantastic um and you can tell his name is daniel something he he's written a couple Warren of comics Johnson. He's kind of, yeah he's kind of new to the comic book scene i think he started in like the like 2017 is kind of where he got his breaker and stuff and he's done some bigger comics he did like a wonder woman comic that i'm kind of interested in but his art's fantastic there's a lot of passion in this writing and i think what kind of like got me even more excited i ended up, i bought the book i was like you know i want to give this a shot it's and over right I, it's just like that was it the it, series it, is done it sounds like it's just like a one a one shot thing it's like a five issue arc and i don't know this if guy doesn't stick do around on stuff else. i'm looking at his thing yeah, it, like, it, it I was really like, seemed like, like this one was, year like 2022 this is what he did That's yeah it. like this was just like a thing he did and he wrapped up because i don't really know where they would go from here and i don't know if i want him to go anywhere else but really what sold me bob was like i was reading the foreword 
when he was talking about like he he'd never really been into pro wrestling he missed he said like i missed the attitude era he had like a sheltered childhood so he didn't really watch wrestling growing up um and he recently um had a new baby daughter and he was spending a lot of nights you know trying to get her to sleep and one of his friends was a big pro wrestling fan he said you should really check out new japan pro wrestling and then he started watching G1 Climax yeah, okay. from like two years ago. All right, I'm buying this like, thing. And he's like, and I just, <laughs> and I just felt, and he's like, I just fell in love with like, and it wasn't even, it wasn't even. I was thinking he might drop Kenny Omega, but it was Kenny Omega's partner. I Kota remember Ibushi? that guy's name, Kota Ibushi, and then some other Japanese guy. He can't, I don't come, I don't remember what Okada, that guy's name was. Tanahashi. He was might have been. Okay. I can't remember. Those he said they ones. had a fucking fantastic match, and he was like, and that's when I was just sold, and um. You can just tell there's a lot of like pro wrestling love in the book. Mm. And what's kind of cool is like the matches, there's a number of matches. They're really short. They're not like pro wrestling matches where there's like a ton of moves. It's like there'll be a couple big hits and then it's like they're going for the finisher and they either get it or they don't. And like the match wraps up pretty quickly. Like within an issue, they're going to have a start and an end of a match. Um, and again, like all this stuff flows so well. The art's fantastic the story's great and it's emotional like multiple times throughout reading this like i got teary-eyed so like it, it hit something too so it was and it was just one of these comics that, like i couldn't put down you know i finished it the day i got it um and that doesn't happen too too often i also mentioned bob i read um the last ronin which was the uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles story um and i thought that was really good um and like nothing carries a candle to do a power bomb. It was just so fucking good. It was so good. I haven't read a comic. Are you buying everything for like physical? Do you know buy like do you ever buy digital comics? Or no. Do? Yeah, I don't have a good thing to read them on. Um I've been wanting to get like a tablet just for that. Yeah, um, I got a, I, I got get... a fired one somewhere. I don't yeah, know. Part so of me is just I, like it's something I either need to come like I don't know. Like you want to either commit to having like cause like with with like books, like I do buy a lot of like uh, right. I don't buy anything physical anymore, quite frankly. Unless like I'm like at a thrift store and I see something and I'm like, I don't know, I'll buy like fucking like Nixon's Attorney General's book on paperback for a buck. Right. Like, all right, let's do it. But like the comics is interesting, man. I don't know. If you gotta like, you kind of need like, because I try to do like you know like a Kindle. Those paper white ones are like black and white. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mm-hmm. really work with comics. And you try to pull it up on that. Sure. The yeah. full tablet though, you know, that was you know back in the mm-hmm. day, before I became a legitimate you know member of society, you know. I watched. I read book. Way, yeah. I book. I read book one through a hundred of The Walking Dead on PDF, like on right. a laptop. Sure. That's how we did things. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. But that was just yeah. That was one of the things that I was kind of like. I, I saw it. I was like, oh, this looks cool. Um, and then I read, and I was like, damn it. I mean, it, okay. There is one time, like, there's a couple twists and turns in it. And one time, I was reading it in the shitter. And I literally said, like, oh, shit. And then when I caught out, Christine was like, do you have a good shit in there or something? I was like, no. And I tried to explain to her the the turn that happened. And it, it was like, I didn't explain it very well. She was like, uh, okay. But I was like, yeah, there there's some twists and turns in this thing that it was just like, you're like, oh, my God. That really just, like, changed the whole uh, narrative of, you, like, what was going on. It was. It was do, you remember, uh, do you remember Austin Powers? Do you remember the scene in the toilet, yeah. in the bathroom, where yeah, he's sure, like, sure, sure. <laughs> Tom Arnold's in the other stall, like, "Sorry, buddy, you know, you tell you tell that turd who's boss." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it got it got a, a audible like, "Oh shit!" out of me, like with one of these reveals, it just kind of like, blew you, my head. You, you I was actually like, buy books still, huh? Good. Comic books. 
I hadn't for a while because oh. I have so many, and it's just like it's such a pain just like flying color carrying them around and stuff. Yeah, <sighs> I mean, yeah, I for a while it was like I was buying single issues, and I wanted I was trying that. to get to the point where it's like I want these fuckers here to know me. Like when I come in to be like, hey, how you? And, and they did. Yeah. So like after a while, they're like, hey, Mark, we got well, the then you moved. And that was really did it, which was cool. Yeah, well, COVID happened. Yeah, and even even before then, it was just like, man, I. I I would buy all these comics and I wouldn't be able to keep up with them. And it's like, man, I'm like issues and issues behind. Like, I just need to like, there's so much it, stuff so. out there. Like there's so much content. And then I don't mean just like, yeah, there's books, there's fucking comics. There's, there's so much that there's a time where I'm just like my, the list of stuff I'm trying to get to at some point is just like, yeah. this might just not happen until like a random Tuesday. It is like, a, yeah. it falls upon me and stuff, you know, but that being said, Bob, I'm going to bring uh do a power bomb to work tomorrow. I'm going to give it to you and you can read it in your leisure. I don't, there's no, you know, I read it. So it's totally whatever, but I think you dig it. It's, well, now it's, that I know it's, it's been in the shitter with you, no problem. I will join. <laughs> I will take it. There, <laughs> Remember the Seinfeld episode where he tried to return the book and the lady's like, Oh, it's been marked. He's like, what do you mean? It's like, we know, you know, they know. <laughs> I can get you a new one. Though. No, it's cool. fine. All good. Um, all right. Um, man, I worked most of the weekend. Um, you know, this yeah. moved offices. Moved, so yeah. I had to like kind of knock stuff out, which I don't, I mean, it's not in the world. You do what you got to do sometimes. Um, I pretty much just, I watch basketball. This yep. is going to be a very narrow population I'm talking to here, I think. Well, I guess like maybe it depends how much you dislike the Golden State Warriors and you're also a basketball fan. There might be some of those people there. Um, it it doesn't it's not lost on me that the fact that I root for a team that has won four championships in the last mm-hmm. seven seasons, I think. Seven. Yeah, seven seasons. Um us four times, Toronto, Cleveland, Lakers. Yeah. Okay. It's not lost on me that that is extremely, you know, rare. And quite frankly, um I recognize that much of our fan base is newer fans. Um, Mark grew up here. There were not this many Warrior fans when we were kids. Let's just put it that way. Um, no, they suck. They we were suck. So bad. All these people wearing Laker jerseys, you know who I'm talking to. Um, I was always a Warrior fan. So, yes, I remember the lean times, and I think this is amazing. And I'm it's especially not lost on me that we're watching a all-time great generational talent in Mr. Stephen Curry. And, mm-hmm. Marcus, I know you're not the biggest sports fan in the world. Are you familiar with the concept of a Game 7? I mean, yeah, it's yeah. when it goes the full like, this length. Is it. Of this the... is what you live for in sports. This is winner, winner goes mm-hmm. on, loser goes home. There was a record for most points scored in a game seven. I don't know what that record is. Any it was, but it now okay. belongs to Steph Curry because nobody ever hit fifty right. before. My man hit fifty, and okay. he needed them. <laughs> he willed our team to winning to win that series against Sacramento. Uh, shout out to the Kings, man. The, the, apparently, Mark, this is the <laughs> rare occasion. Like no one remembers a time where but the Warriors and the Kings were good. Yeah, I was gonna say also another team happened. that like for the most part has been kind of shitty. Like there's definitely been some years when we were in high school. Like the, <laughs> well, like there were some times where the Kings were pretty good. Yeah. I think when they had Weber or something, like they were considered to be pretty good, but like not that great. They got and, close the a most, few times, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, they've never been good at the same time. So it was actually kind of fun having a NorCal series here. Um and now we have a California series where we curb stomp the Lakers. Go dubs. But yeah, uh, Steph Curry, man, it's exciting to watch him play. And I don't enjoy our fan base a lot these days. Some of these people where I don't understand how anybody even could be unhappy on any level, Mark. Like we could lose every sure, game for the next sure. five years. And I'd be like, fuck, man, four parades. What What yeah. do you want? I, there was no parades. Then there was four. Like, 
They built yeah. the fucking I mean, billions I and billions always, of dollars in that arena, man. They did, they yeah. did it. They did it. I mean, I used to always say, like, you and Steph would always get excited uh, about the Warriors. The only thing you got excited was the years you guys did really shitty. Be like, oh, number one draft pick That's next it. year. Dude, so we that's lived the only for thing the draft. Forward to. It was like, we did so shitty that we have to get the number one draft pick the next year. And that's all that, Dude, that was the only good positive thing. Let me real quickly. The story of Steph Curry's draft. I remember because me and Stefan would try to watch a draft together. And I remember sure, I was yeah. working. Um, I think this was 2008 or it was either eight or nine, um, 2009. Yeah. Okay. I was working for the Santa Clara. It was either right, Santa Clara DA's office or Yahoo. One or the other. And I made up a lie about why I had to go home. Like, I just like, I got to go. I got to leave mm-hmm. early today for this reason or some shit. I went to Stefan's house with Stefan, me, our friend Drew, and a shitload of wing stop, which is no surprise because Stefan <laughs> is basically. Yeah. They may if they have if there's a Wingstop credit card, Stefan might have it. Okay, um, and like Steph, we had like seventh pick, and we're just sitting there like praying at Steph Curry. Not even so much that we wanted Steph Curry as much as we didn't want the other player that they were talking about us getting. Mm-hmm. And then when we got Steph Curry, celebration that we didn't get the other player. And then immediately the Warriors <laughs> are like, apparently the Warriors might trade Steph Curry. He's like, fuck, no, don't do it. Good thing we didn't. Um, we're losing the A's here in the Bay Area. It's a fucking tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, after, as it becomes more real, half of these stuff, the things, I, uh, these uh, stuff we like, is gonna be me bitching about that. But it was nice to have the Warriors win this. Uh, this this train, uh, you know, the, the ride's gonna end at some point here. On this, this ride's gonna end at some point, and uh, it wasn't this week. It wasn't this round. So you know, hopefully, it's not nice. against the Lakers. Because man, yeah. fuck That's LA, <laughs> fuck LA. Um, but yeah, that was it. I just watched basketball. So. Cool. Um, we are going to be back next week. We're going to see if we have a new UFC bantamweight champion. Um, mm-hmm. None of us seem to think so, but, well, I can't speak for Mike, but the two of us here are both like, actually, no, we all seem to think so. No, correct? we all think we all yeah, seem to I was going to so. say, like, it's okay. kind of the opposite. We all think we're going to see a new but, one. I don't know if we will. But, but the, me and Mark are both like, oh, real quick, real easily, we might not. Uh, we might not. Right. Um and uh, we'll finally see if Bilal Muhammad does something to impress Mark. <laughs> Let's see. I'd is love to see it. beating Gilbert Burns at all enough? Or is it going to be like Gilbert Burns hasn't like, he's, he, he fought a month ago. <laughs> like it was I five mean, rounds. I would hope so. I would hope even if it is a decision that's still lackluster. What if that it's that just like, it's like that Kimbo Houston Alexander fight where there's like exhausted hands on their knees. <laughs> I mean, it won't be that, but I could that see. Is the, I mean, look, we got to make people watch that fight. That's the one that he's got. <laughs> he's got enough. Big high profile wins. This should convince me, but we'll see next week. By the way, the winner of this is clearly the number one contender, and the fact that they're going to give Colby Covington a title title shot over the winner of this fight's a joke. That's right. hilarious. Anyway, we'll be back next week. We should have Lavender Gooms back. We're going to talk about this UFC uh, an ABC card that is right. somehow headlined by the Biggie Boy and yeah. Almeida. Sick fight. Weird main event for ABC. And we'll see if, uh, I don't know, Mighty Mouse wins, Mighty Mouse retires. Anybody watches this fucking thing? We'll talk about one also. And allegedly, Francis Ngannou might have a job by next week. So, see y'all next week. Until then, I was Dr. Law. That was DJ Mark. Peace out. See you. Banter? I don't, dude. Fifty points, bro. Fifty points. It was nice. Uh, I did. I, all I did was work. I saw. I, I, we, I, we moved. 
I went, I worked for two days and I came back and saw you again. And then we <laughs> moved some more. <laughs> well, the office looks nice. If nothing else, people at home, you can rest yeah. assured we moved Every offices. Every part of it except my upgrade. office itself. All right, guys. Uh, Bye. <laughs>